0: Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Sciences Declassified STEM Survival Guide podcast. My name is Audrey.
1: And my name is Ramir.
0: And the goal of this podcast is to talk about the possible career paths one can take in the field of STEM and the challenges one may face in navigating the STEM world.
1: Welcome, everybody, to our fourth episode of the six part series, The Med Survival Guide, our season two of our podcasts. Uh, In this episode, we will be uh, talking about what it's like to be a second-year medical student.
0: So just a disclaimer, the experiences of our guests today are not a reflection of all medical students who get into medical school. Everyone has different experiences, and it doesn't mean that you have to follow the exact path our guests took to get accepted into medical school.
1: All right, and if you are thinking about applying to the College of Medicine at the University of Manitoba, we did link the uh, program requirements bulletin in the description of this episode for your reference for, more, for a more thorough explanation from the College of Medicine at the U of M.
0: So our guests today includes second-year med students from the College of Medicine at the Rady Faculty of Health Sciences at the University of Manitoba, Ian Fast and Amandeep Singh.
1: So Ian majored in biochemistry at the U of W. He has been a Let's Talk Science volunteer since September,
0: 2020. And uh, before starting medicine, Amandi did a Bachelor of Science degree, um, a genetics major and a master's degree in biochemistry and medical genetics. And during his uh, Bachelor of Science uh, degree, Aman actually volunteered a lot with Student Life and Let's Talk Science.
1: All right. That being said, how is everyone doing today?
0: Yeah,
2: whoever wants every, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <How's that>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Uh, I don't think you have audio, yet Oh, no. Is it not working? Oh, now it's oh, working. Then, now it's yeah. working. <laughs> oh. yeah. Okay. You're doing good, though? You're doing
3: all right? I'm doing great.
0: Awesome, Saturday. Awesome.
3: Saturday afternoon. How
0: about you, Aman? How are you?
3: I'm good. I woke up at 11 a.m. today, so
0: oh, that's good. Time.
3: That's just always in nice. Just
0: in time. Yeah. Just in time. I woke up at like 10 a.m. And we actually had a... Our, we recorded our first episode of this series this morning. So this is the second <laughs> recording today. We've got three recordings set up for today. So it's going to be oh, a wow. busy day today.
1: Yeah. yeah. So thank you guys for joining us today. Mm. Uh, I just like to... First of all, I'm curious, Ian uh you would you consider yourself a good cook
2: well i i i I hope so um (laughs) i've made a lot of a lot of customers very unhappy if i'm not good at it um that was what i did for as a career before i moved into medicine i I didn't start going to med school till i was 27 um and i was a chef up until that point so
1: that is interesting Yes, You know, some people might look at that as like, oh, that's very late. You know, some people are very young starting their careers. Um, So just to clarify, after graduating, so you graduated culinary school and you were a chef first in California, correct?
2: Yeah. So the the order of my education is a little bit strange. So I'll just break. Yeah. So I went to I graduated high school and went to the University of Winnipeg. And that's where I majored in biochemistry. Um, But all through high school, I was working in kitchens. Through my undergrad, I was working in kitchens. And when I graduated, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But I knew that I loved to cook, Um, and I knew that it was something that I was very interested in. Um, And so I decided to go to culinary school um, after I was done my biochem degree. So then that was two years long. And after that, I was a chef uh, in a few different restaurants in California and Arizona and Winnipeg and Ontario. And I just ultimately decided that it was something that I love to do as a hobby, but not as a career. Um, And the whole time I was just thinking, you know, what if I'd use that biochem degree to go to medicine? And as the years went by, I became more and more interested in finding out the answer to that. And eventually just realized I can cook for myself for fun. Um, but, and it doesn't need to be my job. And so then I decided to go to, into medicine and I love it.
1: Wow. Very different, you know, route indeed. <laughs> what about y- yourself, Amad? Are you, would you say you're a good cook?
3: Hmm, I wouldn't say good cook, but I can make like simple stuff for myself if You know, if I ever need to, like, pasta, grilled cheese, sandwiches, I love those. And then, like, simple things. I just watch YouTube videos. True.
0: True. Everything's on YouTube.
3: Yeah. Not like Ian, though. (laughs) He's got it all down. He teaches (laughs) us in our (laughs) class.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, you definitely know a lot more about genetics than I do. So, you know, I... There you go. It's a win-win for both of you guys. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Audrey? Would you say you're a good cook?
0: I mean... I really like baking. I'd say my specialty is like banana bread and like chocolate chip cookies, but, uh, I'm, I'm not like that great of a cook. I'd say I'm more into, I'm more of a baker than a, a cook. I'd say, what about you Premier? Yeah.
1: Oh, me. Okay. Let me tell you. No, not at all. That's, <laughs> that is, uh, not my forte. I just let Whoever else is in the room, cook the food for. Well, I can cook. Um, let's see here. Uh, there's this, pancit canto. You guys know what pancit is? It's, it's a, like a Filipino, Filipino dish. dish. It's just noodles, but it's like easy to cook. It's basically like pasta. So you just
2: so you can boil noodles. You Just yeah.
1: boil, yeah. I can boil noodles. That's yeah. like you know. That's the. I would say that's very. Adept cooking, you know. (laughs) But I also like... um, What I do know is... Do you guys know what polvoron is? I do not. It's it's like a Spanish tree. It's like a candy. And it's made of... uh, I think it's peanuts. I'm not really sure how to describe it. Because it's not your usual candy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it's very soft.
0: It's crumbly.
1: Crumbly, yeah. yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But if you guys have the chance to look it up, it's, it's definitely... A, de- a delicacy mm-hmm. is it a delicacy is that a
0: good i don't i don't know but it, it's really common in, in the philippines i think as a, yeah. a snack to eat.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah but it's I pretty easy to keep my eyes peeled for it or maybe one day I'll... <laughs>
0: yeah so aman uh so you did your master's degree um in specifically it was biochemistry and medical genetics um how has that helped you in applying and studying for medicine? And this question actually comes from um, Revneet Prah, who's one of our LTS volunteers.
3: So after my bachelor's, I think the, so when you go to master's from like a science bachelor's, you don't really learn like any new theoretical stuff. You just like learn to synthesize like all the literature that's around a certain topic. And I would say, like, doing that during my master's um, has helped, like, studying in medicine, because medicine is also, like, very broad. In the first two years, you learn so many different things. And having that knowledge base of, like, how to synthesize all that knowledge to take, like, the important points out of it um, does help a lot. And I feel like it has helped me a lot, um, And that's like me judging from like what others experience has been who have not had that luxury yet.
0: Oh, awesome. That's really interesting. So this next question uh, is for both of you. What or who inspired you to pursue a career in medicine? Either of you can take this question.
2: I can go first. Um, So for me, uh, there was never really like one moment where I was like oh my god this is what I want to do um it was just ever since I was a little kid I've just always been really fascinated in science and all my favorite I was always took all the science classes I could they were my favorite classes I watched exclusively Discovery Channel when I was a little kid um and I just I found that every time I learned about something new about how the human body worked I was like just blown away and it was so interesting and so for me, it was just, I, I think it's the thing that I could go into that I just find the most interesting. And everything, every time that I learn something new, I find it cool and neat. And so, yeah, so it was, it's just, it's the thing that I find the most interesting. And that's what, what directed me into it.
3: I was also a lot like Ian growing up. I was interested in science from like the get-go, but I was interested in like everything. I loved bio. I loved chemistry. I loved physics. I loved math. So when I was growing up, every day it was something different. One day I wanted to be a pilot. The other day I wanted to be a doctor. And then the next day it's something else, like a scientist or something. And then I think what took me towards medicine was like this one story that I heard um, from my dad. It was about like... This one guy, since I'm like um, religiously Sikh, it was a story about this one guy who was, um, he was like a doctor um, in like a battle. Uh, He was a Sikh doctor. So like you would expect him to like tend to the Sikh soldiers. But when he was there and he saw all these wounded soldiers, he didn't care like who they were, what side they were fighting for if he saw anyone who wanted water or who needed some medical help, he would just go help them. And then um, it was like the other like soldiers on like his side complained to the king, like this person is helping the enemies. And then when he was brought to the king, he told the king, well, when I'm out there and I see these people struggling, I don't see enemy or friends all these humans who need help and have the ability to help them. So that's what I'm doing. And that story like really like stuck with me um, since then. So as I like move forward in my studies, I think it's sort of shaped my interest more towards medicine. It wasn't like in one go, but like over time, I just moved more and more towards um, that goal.
0: Oh, that's a, a great story.
1: That's actually pretty interesting yeah let's i i uh, I took a class in high school called um world religion so it's basically we talked about um all of the religions in the world that's you know without any bias just in general so I learned a little bit about Sikhism as well and I think just every religion is is pretty uh interesting and that's definitely a story that I I kind of want to look up. now. It's, it's pretty interesting and pretty inspiring as well. Um, and now i just like to talk about, uh, I think I said in the first episode, the big elephant in the room. Um, it's the, this virus. I don't know. Is it real? Is it a <laughs> hoax? What is it? Like, <laughs> um, as we know, we're in a pandemic right now due to COVID-19, right? And I've mentioned in previous uh, episodes uh, that I personally struggled with, uh, you know, adjusting to the new norm as they call it. Um, you know, being the in school, you're not in campus anymore. Uh, you're not even your tests are online, virtual, and it's hard to simply get in touch with your profs, right? Just their office hours are different. Um, What uh, challenges have you guys faced uh, academically, especially now uh, that you're in your second year of med school in particular? Uh, Can you talk a, a little bit about your, the challenges that the pandemic has brought to you guys?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I guess if you if you want to simplify it as, as best as you can, first year med school is where you learn how the body's supposed to work. You learn the correct way that everything's supposed to go. And then in second year med school, that's when you start learning about all the different diseases and how to treat them and what they look like. And so a big part of second year med school is getting a chance to go into the hospital and you know get to assess patients who actually have the conditions that you're learning about so that you can get a better understanding of it and i think that in the pandemic that's been something that has really just been had to be sacrificed and a lot of that got has been postponed and we're going to make it up in the future or some of the things just had to be canceled because they just weren't possible um and so it just it it makes it a little bit more difficult to learn about things when you're just learning it by reading about it or seeing videos of it, and you can't really get in there and get hands-on. Um, we've got loads of hands-on experience coming up in the next two years. So it's, it, it, it's okay, but um, it definitely made learning a little bit more difficult.
1: True, and uh, I do believe also that hands-on learning is, you know, uh, I think they describe it as, some people describe it as active learning, right? It's the best way to learn, so. Yeah. It helps them stick.
0: True. What
3: about you, Amon? Just like back on Ian's comment. I remember like first year we had like when we're still on campus, we were having this in-person sessions. And now if I compare like what I learned in those sessions to stuff that we learned like online that we couldn't learn in person, I still remember the first year stuff like without even like going over it again better than like the second year stuff. If I go over it, like a day before something, like I would still remember the first year stuff better. It's just, I feel like it just remembers stuff better in person. So that's like the big challenge that the pandemic has been for our learning.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's been very challenging for a lot of students uh, on uh, online. Um, it's just not the same having that hands-on experience and um, actually getting to talk to your prof after class and ask questions right away. Um yeah, but despite the challenges, um are there any benefits to having classes online?
2: There's definitely some, you know, it's it's much much more convenient. Um, you know, you can work your schedule around online classes much more easily. Now everything just gets automatically recorded and so, you know, we have mandatory classes and optional classes and it just yeah, you can watch the the optional like pre-recorded lectures at a later time um so yeah it's definitely more convenient uh it's nice but you know on the flip side you wind up never leaving your home um, <laughs> yeah definitely easier to get to an early morning session if the session is on your couch than if the session is halfway across the city
0: but i also find it challenging when it is an early morning class and you just want to sleep in and then you don't wake up early enough
2: it's also easier to yeah sleep in when your bed is right here so. and it's easy to convince yourself like well i can just stay in bed and have my computer open and be watching the lecture but it's not a good idea yeah
0: you're
2: not really <laughs> watching
1: the
3: lecture <laughs> i usually just snooze off when i tried to do that <laughs> in bed
2: one point minute failed and so <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, do you guys have a chance to have any labs in person during second year?
3: So when the pandemic was still like red hot, um, we basically didn't have anything on campus. But now as it's like, it's gotten a little better now. Uh, we, we've started to have more um, on-campus stuff. It's still like maybe once a week. And if that, it's more like once every two weeks or three weeks that we week go on campus for like on-campus lab stuff or like practical stuff. But it's better than nothing. Uh, plus we get to like see each other again, say hi. So that's always nice too.
0: Oh, that's great to hear.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, not seeing all of the people, you know, like, I think one of the ways, one of the things that makes our experience different than, um, you know, the people who are just finishing up first year right now is that we at least got the chance to meet each other and during orientation and get to know each other and become friends. So, you know, that's something that I found at least really helped getting through first year med school is you've just got all these peers surrounded by people who are going through the same craziness as you. Um, so yeah, so I, very much, I feel for the people that got into med school right during the pandemic and didn't really get the chance to meet because I think that would have made first year a lot more challenging. Um, but yeah, know that's the thing that I miss the most about going to school is you just got to be surrounded by a bunch of people who share a ton of common interests with you, that's why you're all in the same place and it's just, it's a good environment.
1: Absolutely, I, I think uh, it goes the same with, you know, high school students transitioning this year to university, first year university, right? So, but you guys will have your time. I promise. I promise you'll have fun. You know, hopefully. Hopefully. Crossing my fingers. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just like to ask: you guys are in your second year of med school, of course, as we have mentioned. Um, what was, you know, a lot of people would say, are intimidated by med school because they say takes too long or it's too much. Uh, there's this expression that w- describes the, the workload as it's kind of like drinking water out of a fire hydrant. Um, <laughs> how, how true is that? Like, did you ex- have that same expectation coming into med school? Um, and especially now you're in second, second year, did you still have that uh, mentality as well, transitioning from first year to second year med school? And if you did, then how how did you manage to change the mindset or handle the situation?
2: All right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go first. I I definitely can relate to that fire hydrant um, analogy when when first year of med school started and it, and everything first started because you know like what Aman was saying about um, having that opportunity to like be, like, at a high level of education workload going into it, Um, you know, I I came from a background of, I was a chef, so I was used to working very hard, but, like, I was, you know, I'd been out of the actively doing a ton of school for quite some time, so I wasn't even used to studying at all, Uh, and so I came in, and it was a ton of work, and it took a very long time to get adjusted to it but you really, over time, you can get adjusted to it. It's a slow process, but then it just gets to the point where you can learn very, very quickly um, and you can get through things much much more easily. And I think that that's one of the reasons that second year, I found second year med school to be a lot better workload wise is because you're very, you're used to the workload now. And so you can learn quickly and your study habits are a lot better. And so it's sort of, I think it's a, probably a little bit more work or a similar amount of work, but you're just, you've learned to study better and you've got, you've learned how to do med school. And so it makes it a bit easier of a year.
3: Yeah. I think I'll echo Ian's point about it all depends on where you come from. So since I came directly from finishing my master's, um, like if I compared the two masters was more busy and like more work for me than med school so far, so adjusting for me was easier i did have like um these like crazy expectations that it'd be like much more busy than like what i was used to but it wasn't the case but i think that's to the fact that most people who enter med school enter straight from undergrad so that's like those are the views that you usually hear but then yeah it depends on like where you come from and it actually does get easier. Like, even for me, like, starting off was like okay, but then it did get easier because I got more used to like how to study in medicine. But then it also depends on like your personality as a student because um, it's very competitive to get in. So, some people after they get in still have that mindset of like staying competitive, getting the 90 plus, and then, you know, like that A plus equivalent of undergrad. Uh, I feel like if you have that mindset uh, in medicine, it might be more work for you because you have to know a lot, a lot more. But it's sixty to pass every course. As long as you get sixty percent, it's pass or fail. So you can take it easy, easier on yourself, and focus on like the practical stuff more because that's going to help a lot more in like the final two years. So it's it's all just a matter of like where you come from and what kind of personality you have towards like studying interesting interesting
1: and Ian, i just like to mention i mean i i'm very um, familiar with the restaurant business because uh i work as a server actually and uh, a bartender you No, know, make you know caesar's um long islands okay anyways um but i do agree that there's definitely you know a major difference between the two and i can only imagine that you you know, coming from culinary school and then working without studying for some time. Right. So uh, but i just like to ask, how would you say that how you manage your time? Was uh, was there a difference on how you manage your time in undergrad compared to where you are right now in second year
2: uh, med school? Um, you know, I, honestly, I don't really think that there's much of a difference in how I manage my time. Cause it's just, it's all about, you just have to be aware of what your responsibilities are and make sure that you get everything done in the amount of time that you need to. And I tend to be a procrastinator and leave things till the last minute. And so, you know, I still do that now. It's just in, in undergrad, I could leave things till like the very last minute. Whereas now in med school, there's just so much stuff that, you know, the last minute is a few days before it would be, a, you know, in undergrad. So and, and, I, and I try a lot harder to keep up on things because it can really start to pile up quickly. You, you all of our classes are cut into like two to the, yeah, the shortest block would be a two week block. The longest, I think we had one that was seven. Um, But for those chunks of time, we're just learning about one thing. So it's sort of like if you imagine you take undergrad first semester biology and sandwich it into a three week period, it's really easy to get really, really far behind really quickly. So you kind of just got to stay on the ball with things. Yeah, best advice is just keep on things. And and then it's really, really laid back. Like, I, I, I know that there's a pandemic. And so, you know, there's not a lot of socializing going on. But, you know, even in first year, it was a ton of work, but I, I wasn't glued to my computer 14 hours a day studying. Like, I, I, I had a perfectly normal life and saw people as much as anybody else does. It, it's quite manageable. It's not that overwhelming.
1: True, and then the uh, the just a comment on that last minute in undergrad. <laughs> I definitely agree. Last minute is literally last minute for me in my last lab in um microbiology, and we had to submit this assignment, and then I was discussing it with my group, and then I was changing some stuff, and then it was due eleven fifty nine, so I submitted it eleven fifty eight. So, oh,
2: <laughs> um, oh and a lesson there. Once or twice in med school, but you know it's. It's more difficult to pull off.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. you have to be really elite and procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the lesson is, guys, don't. Once your prof gives you an assignment, just just do it. Like, don't don't wait last minute.
2: Yeah. Instructions, so you know what you're pre- putting off. The worst is when you leave something to the last minute, and then you read the instructions and go, "Oh no, this is." <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really bad.
1: Oh, what about for yourself, month?
3: Well, I'm also a procrastinator, so I also leave things until, you know, until like the manageable time at the end. We have a lot Uh, of things in
1: common, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
3: I think a lot of us have that in common in our class, not going to (laughs) lie. But yeah, but it's all manageable. So how I try to go about it is it's because our courses are like based on like number of weeks. Um, I try to make sure that I'm caught up to each respective week by the weekend. So even if, let's say I take like, I don't study for like two days during the week, I still try to make up for it during the weekend by like putting an extra couple of hours just to make sure like I have like that week covered and then moving on to like next week. it's, It's all new stuff and I don't have to worry about like the last week at all. So that's how I like to do it. It doesn't always work out. Like that's like the perfect scenario for me, but it doesn't always work out that way. But I still manage to do like more than like half a week, like the same week. So that helps a lot.
2: That's what I always try to do. I'm rarely successful at it, but that's <laughs> yeah. if you can pull it off.
0: Yeah. Procrastination is, uh, it's easy to to fall into. Um so
1: oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, one go second. ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, Audrey. Yeah. But I just gotta say, Audrey is not a procrastinator. Let me tell you that she's, <laughs> just, she's everything is very organized. Okay. I just shout out to Audrey.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, saying that. I mean, I, I try to be organized as much as possible. As a site, you have to stay on top of things. So true.
1: Yeah. So you uh, deserve that hoodie. You know. Oh, so. uh, thank
0: you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day you'll be a site and you'll get a hoodie. You know? Don't
1: say that because I'm like going to get excited.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, in addition to, you know, um, being a student, um, there are, I believe there are other organizations that med students can be involved in. Um, so what kind of organizations um, can you be a part of? And um, are you volunteering anywhere right now?
2: So there's a lot. Long- Lots of, I mean, med students are involved in all sorts of different organizations, and I'm not aware of all of them. But just through med school, there's, um, you can be involved in the, um, you know, Doctors Manitoba. There's a vast student government, and there's a lot of different roles within um, the school, um, and then there's the MMSA. Um, which is the Manitoba Medical Students Association, I believe. I'm, and uh, there's lots of different roles in there. Um, and, you know, there's so you can be a part of medical school on a, on a greater level um, and can, you know, be involved in like Doctors Manitoba and the MMSA, like control, like how our medical school is shaped. If, you know, you can have have a voice in how, programs evolve and stuff like that. So those are really, um, really big. Um, And then you can also just be like academic reps for the class or um, each of the little blocks that we have, there's course reps so that the class can communicate with one or two people who then talk with the course directors rather than just the whole class flooding course directors with emails. Um, So they have that really separated out. So there's a lot of, you know, small little leadership Add-ons that you can do and and some people take on a lot of those uh, some people take on very few and um, some people take on none um, So yeah, I'm not sure if aman has more More things that he's involved in than I am. I'm not involved in much
3: Yeah, so there's like the leadership stuff. There's also student interest groups and there's a lot of them so there's interest groups for like every um specialty in medicine like orthopedics, um, nephrology, cardiology. There's groups for all of them and there's always like I think one or two um, students from each uh, first and second year of medicine who like control that and they organize events where they bring in uh, speakers um, to talk about the specialties. They organize like dinners it used to be in-person dinners now it's just like zoom meetings um with like different specialists in the field either in mantoba or outside so there's those groups and then like us we're um uh involved in less talk science through this program called service learning so service learning itself um uh, I, I don't know how many organizations there are but there's like 20 plus organizations that you can be a you can choose from to be a part of and there's also stuff like wish clinic uh where i think through wish clinic you can give like flu shots every year um i don't know what happened this year i think they they had limited spots but that's something you get involved in i don't know much about wish clinic because i haven't looked into that much but yeah there's like a lot of programs that you can be a part of
0: It's uh, great to hear that there's a lot of um, options for students to get involved. Um, So as a second year med student thus far, what has been the most challenging part and what is, I guess, one of your favorite parts of being a second year student thus far?
2: I guess I would say, honestly, that, you know, this this is a little uncreative because I think everybody's had a similar problem. But, you know, one of the most challenging part, I think, has just been the fact that you kind of have to go through it on your own. Um, you don't get to be at school with people. You're very isolated. Because, um, yeah, other than that, I found second year med school to be a lot more laid back than first year med school was um, just because, you know, you've figured out how to study and you've gotten good habits in. Um, so, yeah, so I think that the hardest part is just the the socialization. Um, next year, we're out working on on in the hospital, on the wards, and seeing patients, and it's a much busier, more hectic time, um, and, you know, the kind of the social aspect of second year med school is nice, and we're going to miss it, and we won't really get that chance again um, to, you know, spend that extra time with our classmates, and so, yeah, that, that's been hard, but. Um, I think probably my favorite part of secondary med school has just been that now it's focused on diseases and disorders and how to fix them. And it's just like, it's, I find it a lot easier to just keep track of, all right, there's disease X. This is how it presents in the hospital. This is what you do about it. This is how long it takes to get better. And this is the long-term outcome. And you can just go through things that way. And I find it to be an easier way of remembering things, you know, just keeps everything structured.
1: Is there a, uh, what's, what have you found that that's the most interesting disease that you've learned about in second year?
2: So for me, my favorite class, I, you know, I think this might be coming up later, but my favorite class was neurology um, and that we took in second year. I just thought it was so interesting how people would come in and they would have, you know, like numbness in a certain part of their hand. And that would tell you what nerves were affected. And if they had you know, numbness on one side of their body and weakness on the other side of their body that would tell you where in their nervous system the problem was. And and it was just, it was these, all these neurological disorders, diagnosing them was a, like a fun puzzle. And you just kind of feel like Sherlock Holmes, like finding clues and going, okay, well, if there's that and that and that, well, that means, and and then you can kind of do investigations to and figure it out and it's just it was I I thought that neurology was a really really interesting um, puzzle and so yeah that's I guess probably worth mentioning I don't know whether it came up in the first year uh, med school uh, podcast episode but there's something called an early exposure that we can do in the summer and it goes to, yeah, so it's, it's technically considered a course, but they're voluntary. And if you're interested in a field, what you do is you find a doctor that you're, you can shadow for two weeks. Um, so that just means, you know, you go they, they show you what they do and you follow them around. And, you know, sometimes you do more things than other times. Sometimes you get to interview patients and, you know, depending on what you're doing, you'll have a different experience. Um, and then at the end, yeah, you get credit for doing them. And you get a bunch of experience for doing it. And it's just, it's a really good way to get a chance to figure out if you actually like something, because there's a difference between I like a class and I like that profession. Um, And so, yeah, so that's something, the reason I bring that up is that's something that I'm going to be doing this summer um, is doing an early exposure in neurology to see whether or not it, you know, I like the field as much as I like the class.
0: Super cool.
1: (laughs) It's a good way to put it too. Yeah. Uh, what you said about liking the difference between liking a class and liking the profession. It's a yeah. good thing to keep in mind. Our listeners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know,
0: so. What about you, Aman? What was um, sort of the challenging part of second year med thus far? And what's your favorite part?
3: So apart from like the socialization aspect, I think a challenging thing for me has been since I'm more of like a hands-on uh, visual learner um and now that we're studying about like all the diseases and stuff there's like a lot of things that would be better learned by like either seeing someone or like a patient who has that problem or like seeing um, examples like in person i think that's something that i've struggled with a lot i've had to like go on youtube to find like a bunch of videos um, and examples um, to learn that way but it's still not the same So I feel like my knowledge about those things is not as good as I would like. So that's like my main struggle in second year. And then for my favorite part, um, so my favorite course was also neuroscience, but then I think it's tied for me with um, nephrology. And then since Ian already talked about neuroscience, um, I like nephrology because it had it was kind of similar to neuroscience where there's like a lot of like uh, problem solving, but it's not like that Sherlock Holmes type. It's like, you know, you're like chemistry scientist kind of thing where you look at like acids and bases in the body and their balance and like stuff like that. So um, that spoke to like the inner scientists inside me. And I really loved that. Like, being able to like go back to my roots of like biochemistry and try to like solve those problems So I really like that. So that's why Yeah, I haven't had my chance to like do those in-person like exposures yet or like shadowing And that's something that I was thinking this summer actually like shadowing a nephrology um, Like someone in nephrology and see if I would actually like doing that as a profession
1: uh just to clarify also nephrology for our high school listeners has to do with your kidneys and neurology, yes. of course your nerves nervous system and stuff so that's that's really that's really good and i think for me personally uh i'm particularly interested in cardiology your heart um and that's my uh yeah my interest and i don't know i feel like i've seen a lot of you know, s- strokes and, you no know, uh, uh, heart, uh, heart diseases, uh, in my, my own family. So that's why I wanted to learn more about it. And that just turned out to be my interest now. So yeah, uh, I just have a question now from a grade 11 student. Um, Name Ray Lee Torino. I think she asked uh, a question from our previous episode as well. So thank you for sending your question again for our fourth e- fourth episode. She's from uh, Daniel McIntyre Collegiate uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And her question is, what is the difference between your first year and second year of med school? So I guess um, we've touched a little bit about that, but maybe there's some... Uh, the major differences that stand out more than others. Uh, Could you uh, explain a little bit about those?
2: Yeah, I guess sort of, I think we've we've touched on a lot of different things and, and indirectly answered this throughout, but I guess to just sort of summarize it is, yeah, in first year, you learn about the human body and how it works normally, and you you learn a little bit about different diseases and how things can break down. But then in second year, you're very focused on diseases, disorders, pathologies, things that are wrong with people. Um, and so, the structure of the lectures is a lot different. Um, uh, you know, and not in all of the classes, but it's it's less it's less memorizing like. Anatomy and things like that, and more learn, you know, memorize. You learn a little bit more about medications and how to treat people, and you get like, you're given more complex problems where people have all sorts of different symptoms, and you need to figure out what's wrong with them based off of those symptoms. So, second year is a little bit more geared in that direction. Um, And I think since you're used to the workload at that point, and you're now like, you're learning a lot more, but you're also applying knowledge. It's a little bit more, I find it more enjoyable. Um, but, you know, for, uh, if I could just put it simply, I think first year was more of a grind and then second year has been a little bit more interesting. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like, um, when you take anatomy and you take physiology the next year, uh, I think that's the prerequisite for nursing, um, In university, if you're taking nursing at UMM, yeah, it's more memorization for anatomy, and then physiology is more concept. Uh, Aman, do you have anything to add to that?
3: Um, I think another like different thing in second year is since you've already learned um, like the normal physiology and anatomy of all the body systems, uh, when you're learning about diseases, there's um, you start to see like there's these like connections between different body parts and like the different diseases um, that might present with like same symptoms. So that's something really cool where you can have like, let's say a patient with cough, but instead of just thinking about like the Lungs and like lung problems you think about like heart you think about any infections. so like the interconnectedness of like different body systems um, that's something that comes up a lot more in second year and that's something like super interesting.
2: And sometimes the reason they're coughing is because they're on a medication that has a side effect that causes you to cough. And so, you know, you can think about somebody comes in and there's all sorts of different reasons they can have whatever they have. And, you know, second year, you kind of start teasing those apart and it's, it's, yeah, it's more interesting.
1: I definitely agree. And that's what it seems like, right? It's so exciting to know that, you know, you're a whole community or like, you know, uh, and you have... Uh, systems that that make your body work right and we've talked a lot about you know you guys as medical students or as doctors uh, and how you treat patients right and how you discover what what's going on with your body what about for your own body what about as personally um, how do you personally take care of your physical and mental health uh, given where we are now and also, you know, the stress that med school might bring to you, how do you take care of yourselves?
2: Uh, for me, I guess, honestly, the, the biggest main thing that I do is like I go for a lot of walks. Um, and it's so, you know, I find that it's, it was really hard. There was one stretch in the winter where it was like my, it's just crazy wicked cold for a couple of weeks. And so I didn't really get to do a lot, go for a lot of walks, but um Yeah. My girlfriend, uh, is in, is also in med school. Um, and we both live in the same apartment building. And so we can, you know, we have just been each other's person through the whole pandemic. So I got, you know, that was, that was very nice. I had another person that I could be with.
1: It's goals. Um, Relationship goals.
2: (laughs) Super well. Um, it was the perfect, it was the perfect time to both conveniently move into the same apartment building was right when the pandemic started. So uh yeah, so we go for a lot of walks um and yeah, cuz yeah, it's definitely hard you and I I felt the effects of it where you know this the same place that you are relaxing is the place where you're working and it's you know the lines get blurred really easily and you know it can be really hard to motivate yourself to do the work that you need to do and then you know you fall behind on things and then you feel like an idiot for letting yourself fall behind on things and it, it it's not easy to do and I think you know uh, one thing that I think was helpful is if you have to be working at home just have a space that's your workspace and a space that's your relaxing space even if it has to be like separate sides of the couch or something just keep them distinct because it makes your life a little easier
1: that is interesting you brought that up because I think just a reference throwback to our previous um, the farm survival guide podcast i think i mentioned the book atomic habits it was mentioned there if you guys remember uh it was i mentioned there um how you have to make that distinction um of what do you call it designating a specific type of object or a place where you do a certain habit so that when you're in that place you only do that habit right so, like in your bed, for example, that's why you shouldn't study in your bed because you associate that with sleeping. Right. So
2: it makes you it makes you tired while you're studying and then it makes you anxious while you're sleeping because you feel like you should be working because you're in your right. bed, which totally throws you off. It's very Pavlovian. You just get conditioned, like this is my place where I do this. And every time you're there, you you know, you do the work. Pavlovian for you
1: guys is psychology. Psychology, I think. yeah. So it's
2: conditioning the makes the dog drool because every yeah. time the bell rings, yeah. the dog a treat, so the bell learns that, or the dog learns that a bell means it's going to get a treat. That's sort of the concept.
1: Pavlovian condition. Okay. Throwback once again.
0: Throwback, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, what about for yourself, Amon?
3: So when so I've never really been good at taking care of my physical health because I'm really lazy, Mm -hmm. but when the pandemic first started, like after like first couple of months, like in the summer, I made an active effort to exercise like just a little bit every day. And then I didn't know that the pandemic was just gonna, you know, like keep going the way it did. So over time that sort of stopped, like the motivation was like at an all time low at one point. But I still try to do like some stretches and whatnot from time to time. I don't really leave my house if I don't have to. So no walks for me like Ian. But I still try to do some stretches. Could probably do more. But I do um, take care of my mental health uh, for sure. And that's something. So that's like a habit I've built over like the course of like undergrad and then uh, grad school where I tried to put in some like meditation sessions, um, for myself. Like, so when I first started doing it, it was like, I had a schedule, like I have to do like 10 minutes every day, uh, either when I'm stressed or like when I have free time, but now it's like, I just do it whenever, like I have free time. I sort of just close my eyes and then just, you know, try to let go of the stress. And that's something that I find really helpful. And I also play a lot of video games, so that also takes a lot of my stress off. So yeah, I, I've definitely been playing paying a lot more attention to my mental health since it's less effort than physical health for sure.
1: True, true. True. And and but also, you know, stretching you don't have to do a lot, right? Like it's better than doing nothing, right? You're doing stretches. That's that's exercise also right you you don't necessarily have to go hardcore like bodybuilder like lifting 500 pounds like i do you know no just kidding I, i i'm not even gonna let you i haven't gone in a while because like you said it's pretty stressful and i think my personal opinion is definitely put more uh attention towards your mental health because then if your mental health is straight right then you're gonna be more motivated to perform physical activities and improve your physical health. So, I think mental health is definitely
0: important. Yeah. And meditation really helps as well. I've been trying to do yoga like this 30-day challenge, but it's so hard to like follow up on. Um because life happens and so that's kind of interrupted now, but I'm trying to get back on that. <laughs> um so I'm just wondering, what's a common myth about being a medical student that you would like to break down?
2: I guess probably the first thing that would come to my mind was just like the one of like, if you're in med school, you will have no life. Um, Because it's up until this point, I I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So nobody's got that crazy of a life right now. But um, and you know, yeah, the first two years, like you can still totally have a life. And then even once you get into third year a lot busier, you're in the hospital doing things. It's a lot crazier. Um, but like you still have a life. My brother's in med school as well. He's in third year and he seems to have a, a pretty sweet life as well. Um, so yeah, so I think the, the whole that you just like work nonstop and you completely throw your life away. It's, it's, it's a myth. It's a lot of work and you have to try really hard, but you learn how to try hard and how to get everything done and how to balance your life and you adapt. And yeah, so you don't have to just throw your life away in order to do it. You can still have fun.
0: That's good to hear. (laughs)
3: I think another myth is since getting into med school itself is really competitive and you're competing against like thousands of other students, um, people um, sometimes get this impression like it's going to stay that way when you get in. But it's really different. Like once you get in, like the 110 of you in your class are like no longer competing with each other you're all like in this together. Everyone's trying to help each other. And that's something you find out like from the very start. Um, Cause like first, like the first unit you get into, it's like something new. No one's like experienced that before. Everyone's like on the same page, stress wise and workload wise. Uh, so you start like getting into that, like, you know, sense of camaraderie like from the get go. And that's, um, something that i wish um more people knew before getting in um and i think that would like put their minds to ease like it's very friendly
2: yeah and i think that that's the you know the fact that it's a pass fail program means it's just like nobody's competing with anybody it doesn't matter if you get a 70 or a 90 you're getting the same you're getting a p And so it's all the same thing. So yeah, like when people make notes, they post them for the entire class to see. And when people are having trouble, they post a question to the entire class and people answer it. Everybody just is trying to help everybody else out as best they can. And it's a, it's a very, very nice, like working and learning environment.
0: That's really nice to hear because in, in the real world, when, when you do become a doctor, um, you guys have to work as a team together, right? There is no competition. Um, with that being said, uh, it's actually time for our rapid fire segment. Ramir, are you ready? <laughs> yeah,
1: we just made this up on the spot. On,
0: again, on right? the spot, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so the right. point of this is just we're just gonna ask questions. Uh, and just the first thing that pops up to your mind, that's just yeah, that's the
2: answer. Um, so, are you guys ready? Are you, are you directing like one at a time to each of us or free for all?
1: After? Uh, You can, we can do like Ian, you can go first and then I'm on. That's but next. E- yeah, each question is for both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You ready? Okay. So first question, favorite course in high school?
2: Debating. Oh wait, do I get a why? I just love yeah. the t- Yeah. Favorite, just- favorite course. Yeah. Favorite course was debating in high school. Uh, I, I just, I absolutely love the teacher. His name was Mr. Robinson at SJR, and he was just the
3: absolute best. So that's what was my favorite course.
0: Cool.
1: Shout out Mr. Robinson.
0: Shout out.
3: (laughs) Uh, My favorite was pre-Cal. I love trigonometry and that was my jam. I still miss it. I always like look up trick problems every now and then. (laughs) Awesome. Just throwback.
0: All right. Thank you for your answer. Second question. Favorite course during second year of med school? Well,
2: that would be neuroscience too. And that was the one that I was talking about earlier.
3: I think mine overall would be clinical reasoning. It's a course where you sort of put like all your knowledge from all your other courses together. And you have like patient scenarios and you have to figure out what's either like, what's the next best step or what's their most likely diagnosis. I really love that course.
1: Okay. Third question. I guess this is more for Ian, I guess, but I'm on, you, you know, you, you have your favorite meal, favorite meal to cook.
2: Oh my goodness. Okay. My favorite meal to cook is something that I've never cooked before. Because I my favorite thing about cooking is trying new things and experimenting with it. It's it's very sort of like creative science, like mm-hmm. combined into one. Um, and so yeah, so I could, I I love trying out new things and trying to do something I've never done and seeing if I can make it work. And sometimes it's like oh this doesn't work, and other times. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's I, cooking my I my I creative science outlet. So
1: so a dish that. You haven't even named. <laughs>
2: yes. Just something random. Like my favorite thing is to just go to the gro. Like I, I'll go to the grocery store and walk around the produce department without a list and just see what looks good and then try and come up with something that uses those ingredients. And that's that's the most fun for me.
0: Oh man, that's awesome. About that you,
3: so much fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
3: so I make really good grilled cheese sandwiches. So that's like <laughs> my go-to thing if I can. not think Mm -hmm. of anything but i actually have a question for our chef ian here so actually like the other day i was watching this like video game stream because i was trying to learn like this new game and there were these people talking about grilled cheese sandwiches and -hmm. apparently you can put mayonnaise on your um on the bread instead of like butter or margarine and i want to ask ian is that like a real thing because like thinking about it i don't know if it'll taste good
2: so that's something that I, I've, I've seen in that context. Um, and I've seen, I've like see, had it in other contexts. Um, it's definitely a real thing. Um, I've had it before where you like, yeah, you like, uh, make a topping for fish using mayonnaise and some breadcrumbs and garlic and, uh, you know, all sorts of other things. And then you bake it and then it creates like a nice, um, like a nice crust on the fish. And so I would get, gu- I would guess that it's a similar concept. I've never tried it, but i I feel like it would be good
3: okay maybe yeah. i'll give it a try then yeah you, you can,
2: can try you. it and then we'll come back and we can discuss
3: okay it. So on,
1: aman is gonna switch his courses to culinary, <laughs> culinary <school. laughs>
3: all right it Sounds so interesting yeah i'd probably love it i love eating i don't like cooking because you spend so much time cooking and then it takes like five or ten minutes to just like eat it all so i feel like i will go with like the eating part of it. I got that. Um.
2: I'm the other way around. I find sometimes I go through the entire elaborate process of cooking something. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm tired now. I don't, <laughs> I, too, uh, I put so much work into it,
0: but it makes it worth it. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: And yeah. I get to taste it the whole way along too.
0: True, true. All right. Our third rapid question or sorry, fourth, what superhero would you compare yourself to?
2: I mean, I guess the closest one that I could come to, like if I'm being very literal would be, I guess, Dr. Strange.
0: That's cool.
1: Because he was a neurologist.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm interested in neurology. Um, You know, he's a wizard, I'm not a wizard, but (laughs) there's some
3: similarities. Uh, That's a hard one. I love superheroes, man. I feel like this might be my, like, recent bias from watching four hours of Justice League. No. But <laughs> I knew it. I, re- I, knew it. I, I knew really it. like Batman. It's, like... So, like, Batman and Iron Man are, like, so similar in the sense, like, they're just, like, rich, smart people who have, like, all this disposable income to make, like, cool gadgets. But I just, like... Um, like, about Batman, I just like his... Like, from the comic books, I like his that, like, detective aspect of his um, stories. And I feel like the movies don't show that much, but I really love that. I have, like, the mindset of, like, problem-solving and, like, you know, going, finding little clues and, like, leading up to the big thing. So I'd say Batman, but I feel like I'm biased from, like, the recent movie.
1: Oh, yeah, you definitely are, but that's all right. That's all right. But no, Batman is cool, though. I think I would pick Batman, too, out of Justice League, the whole Justice League. So.
2: It would be cool to be so rich that you're considered a superhero. You know, like, there, like there's oh, not a yeah. superhero, <laughs> but yeah. yeah
1: it, I think I think that's the reason why they are called that. Yeah. Just... All right, so for our last rapid question. So we talked about the myths earlier. What myth do you know has turned out
2: to be true?
0: about med school
1: about, about med school yes
2: i would go with the fact that you like everybody always told me before before going into med school like oh yeah you'll you'll make super super close friends and i was kind of you know especially i was 27 going into it i was like all right i'm a little older i think i'm gonna get here and just do my work and put my head down and, and I was very surprised that the, you know, the orientation week, by the time that was done, it's just, everybody gets to know everybody very, very quickly. Um, And so although I was very skeptical uh, that I would make a bunch of close friends, um, I I made very, very, very close friends very quickly when I started med school. And uh, so, you know, that was a, that was a myth that I, or what I thought was a myth that turned out to be true.
0: That's great to hear. What about you, Oman?
3: So this, um, again, like, it's just my personal experience. um, But I was told that, so when I first applied to medical school after my bachelor's, and I didn't get in that time, so I did, um, I enrolled into, like, grad school and did that. And then I was told by a bunch of people who knew, like, other students who had trained Um, and like they're in our labs and who went on to do medical school. And I was told that they found uh, medical school to be a bit less challenging than their peers, just because of that experience. And I do feel like now going through like the first two years, I do think that's, um, um, that has some truth to it. And I think then it's again, due to like all that extra experience that you end up getting as compared to like the undergrad students. Um, so I feel like that is, um, I would say that's definitely like true. The more experience you have, the easier you find things going forward.
0: Right. Awesome. Interesting. All right. So thank you guys so much for uh, participating in our rapid fire segment. Uh, We are on our last question of the day. Um, And we usually like to ask uh, our guests this every episode. So what advice can you give to our listeners who are mostly high school students um, or they're at the beginning of their university uh, journey? Um, What advice can you give them if they're interested in going to medicine or not even medicine, maybe in healthcare or any profession that they're passionate about, um, what advice can you give them on how to stay motivated and not to give up on their dreams?
2: I guess probably my best advice would be relax a bit. Um, You know, people I think are, you know, especially in high school, like it's, it's important to work hard at school, but, you don't need to be killing yourself to get like the absolute best grades possible. If you're trying to get into a university, that's really, really hard to get into and you need higher grades, like then set that as your goal. But when you just set like an infinite goal on yourself, you're like, I need to get the highest grades that I possibly can. No, you don't. Um, Like right now it's also very important that you enjoy life and have hobbies and see your friends. And, you know, like when you look back, over the years, you're you're not going to be like, oh, I'm so glad that I never went out, never did anything. You'll go, oh, I probably worked a little bit harder than I needed to. So as long as you're doing well in school, like like set set goals based off of the marks that you're going to need and the marks that you're going to be happy with. If you have scholarships, work towards those and everything. But don't absolutely kill yourself um, in especially when you're in high school trying to just get the absolute highest possible grades that you can. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are, get to med school and realize once you're here, it's like, you know, the first two years are a little bit more laid back and then third year is busy and then fourth year is a little bit different now with COVID. But then after that, you're in your residency. So once you start med school, you're kind of you're on the train and it's moving at a set pace and you you're, you run out of the the free time at a certain point to, enjoy life and do hobbies and travel and use your breaks to the best of your abilities. So take advantage of life and don't stress too much. It'll all work out.
0: I wish I knew that when I was in high school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I came from a very roundabout route. I, I went to culinary school and came back in, and I think it's given me a very interesting perspective on all of these things. And so, yeah, my not saying delay things and go off and do a job that you don't want to do for a bunch of years and then come back to med school, but try new things and enjoy the time that you've got.
1: Right, just a, a comment. I do want to say, though, I feel like in high school, I was a little bit too loose to make sure you get, you get your priorities, but also, you know, don't, like Ian said, don't, don't, you know, overstress yourself. So, but That's, still do get your job done.
2: Yeah, set goals and then work towards those. But sometimes when you just think I'll just work as hard as I possibly can, you wind up working way harder than you need to.
3: What about yourself, Amon? Uh Something that I want to, um, or like an advice that I'd want to give, not just like high school students, but like this is something I tell like everyone, including myself, is don't let failures keep you down. And in my life, like I found, whenever I failed at something, to be like the best learning experience for me. Just take some time, um, like off from it. Um, don't think about it, uh, for like a little bit, and then go back to it and, you know, reflect on it. Um, see what you did wrong and um, just try to figure out like what you can improve on. Um, That's something that I definitely did with like my interview that the first time I didn't do really good. And then, you know, it's, it's something like you get upset and like I was definitely upset, but you just have to let it go for a bit. And then, you know, like go back and see what you can do better. And life's really long and you're bound to have a few failures every now and then, and just don't let them get in the way of your dreams.
0: That's great advice. Um, I I also stick by to that as well. Every failure is is a learning experience. And um, yeah, I I really agree with that. Mm -hmm.
1: As LeBron James once said, minor setback for a major comeback, right? So... That being said, I'd just like to thank the both of you for joining us today in our episode four of the Med uh, Podcast. Med and
0: Survival
1: Guide. Med, med Survival Guide, yes. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, and for the for our listeners i'd like to thank you also for listening remember to follow us at lts underscore u of m on instagram twitter and facebook to be updated on our upcoming events and also feel free to follow up and subs- to follow us and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts in uh, apple Podcasts, spotify anchor we're everywhere um And yeah, thank you once again, Ian and
2: Amandeep.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day on a Saturday to uh, spend time with us on our podcast. So we really appreciate it.
3: Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you Good luck to all the listeners and whatever (laughs) they decide to do ultimately. Whatever you want to do,
2: you can do it. So just figure out what you want to do and then do it
0: great advice there you go all right all
1: right you guys have a good uh, rest of the day
0: have a great day guys thank, right. thank you thank you bye,
3: Care. bye. bye.
1: On, the next on the next episode, episode.
4: And then from there, you can decide whether you do a fellowship or any further training. um, And then you will become a staff doctor or an attending doctor at the end of the day. So it's a pretty long road. um, And so it's very important to kind of go one step at a time because the big picture can be pretty overwhelming. Actually, so funny. I'm currently reading this book. I just picked it up. My One of my colleagues mentioned it. It's by Dr. Horton. She's actually an internist here in Manitoba who wrote this book. So it should be, yeah, it should be a good read. It's about, you know, the challenges in medicine and a memoir of love and medicine and healing. So I think that's going to be probably my newest read, how Black patients have been left behind by healthcare. I think we have to look back into the history. So for instance, um, in dermatology, um, we don't really look at skin disorders or skin diseases and how they present on Black people. By history, we haven't really been able to pick up these nuances on Black skin because we've never really been taught that. What ends up happening is, you know, Black people will be underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed and things like that. And as a result, you know, maybe Lyme disease isn't caught and then they kind of have to deal with the consequences which can be dire and difficult right.